sometimes we don't feel like worthy. Sometimes we don't feel loved. Man, sometimes we don't feel strong. Sometimes we feel weak. And I had this phrase running through my head. Actually, I was woke up with it. Whether it's God, I think it's God, and I'm going to claim it's God because otherwise the next half an hour could go any, anywhere. So it was God. <laughs> woke me up with a phrase, and it's this. I, and this is something that you can say to yourself, um, I'm saying to you, you can say to me. I am not who I used to be. I am not who I used to be. Now, the reason I mentioned breaking you at the beginning, I heard that phrase and I immediately went down a a line of thinking. Initially, I thought about me as a father. So anybody that doesn't know me, I'm Ben, I'm 35, married to Steph, and Abigail is our three-and-a-half-year-old beautiful daughter. So three and a half years ago, I became a father. And any parents in the room will understand this. I'm not the same man as I used to be. Physically, I've got some images for you. These were the first few months um, of life as a parent. I've learned that sleep doesn't need a bed. Whenever I'm a passenger in a car, I'll sleep. Whenever um, I'm I'm watching TV that I'm not interested in, I will sleep out of choice. I can sleep at will. I can. Honestly, if you tell me to go to sleep, I will go and sleep in that corner while you're blaring some loud noise in my ear. Sleep is... I'm not the same that I used to be. I used to be a young adult. (laughs) I used to have energy. I used to stay up late past 10. I used to wake up at 4 and not even think about it. I could just do what I wanted. Energy levels are not the same as they used to be. My preference, um, well, maybe not my preference, but my um, TV viewing, my radio listening in the car, it used to be, I, you know, I choose what's on the radio. If I'm driving, I choose what's on the radio. But now it's, Abigail chooses what we listen to, and it could be absolutely anything. Same for the TV. It used to be Saturday afternoon, I watch the football come in. No, it's whatever Abigail wants to listen to and, and watch. I am not the same as I used to be. Physically, I, I ran, uh, I do the park run sort of a couple of times a month. It's a 5K race in Hanley, around Hanley Park, every week. And they time you, and you have a record. So I have a record. I think I've done about 70, maybe 100 of these by now. And I can see which time I did. So I started back in, like, 2016, and now it's 2021. And my times aren't what they used to be. My times. I've got a PB, and I'll say this. My body isn't the same as it used to be. Maybe even spiritually, you can ask the same sort of question. I'm sensing a change of technology imminently, but I'll just keep talking as we go. Spiritually, the same sort of things apply. Sometimes, again, so going back to my phrase, woken up in the middle of the night, God, what are you saying to me? Sometimes, maybe even more recently since COVID, spiritually, oh man, I'm not who I used to be not meeting for a year in church has kind of done something to me spiritually kind of all the fear surrounding being locked down it 
it's done something to me in terms of my Bible reading and prayer. And worship, now that we're singing, it's just not quite the same as it used to be. I don't feel this. I'm, I'm just not, not necessarily, necessarily saying this is me. Some of these thoughts have gone through my mind, but you might be experiencing the same sort of thing. Spiritually, I'm not the same as I used to be. Sometimes, again, it normally involves a child. It normally involves Abigail when she's not doing what... She's angelic at the moment, but sometimes, like every child, she doesn't do what you ask. She doesn't do what you ask on the 10th or 11th or 12th time of asking. And sometimes the thoughts that go through my head, the the things that come out, aren't as kind and as nice. And, you know, you look at Ben and think, what a nice guy. Sometimes my thoughts, my conduct, isn't what it used to be. Sometimes I think back and think, oh, I actually used to be more passionate. In fact, I think I used to be more fun. And anybody that's become a Christian um, recently, you probably um, have that desire to go and share your faith with other people. But maybe 10, 20 years down the line, I'm not what I used to be. I don't have the same confidence or the same level of sort of, I want to go and share the world my faith. Maybe some of you are different. Maybe I'm the only one, and this is a message that is solely and purposely built for me. But maybe there's one or two people in the room that agree. Sometimes I'm scared to share my faith. But there was once upon a time, I was pretty good. I was pretty bold. I'm not who I used to be. So this is the journey I went on with this message. I started off with this negative sort of thought of, man, maybe some people in the church agree with me. I'm not where I was. I'm not who I used to be. I don't pray the same. I don't um, read the Bible as much as I used to. I could do with a kick up the bum spiritually. Maybe you're like me. But God was sort of prodding me. He's patient. He's, God is patient because that was my first and initial interpretation of that phrase. But there's more to it, and that's the rest of this message. I want you to kind of maybe come with me on this journey and maybe agree with me that Christianity isn't always easy. Worship isn't always easy. Reading the Bible isn't always easy. Singing the song, you say, I am loved, I am held, I am chosen, I am strong, is easy. Because the other guys, the the team are leading us, it's it's nice to sing a song. It's actually quite easy to sing the song. It's actually quite easy to talk about, I'm no longer a slave, but I am a child of God. These are great words. But as Christians, I think we know who we are. But sometimes we forget who we are not. And God was taking me through this process of, I am not who I used to be. I used to be scared. I used to be shy. I used to have issues. But I'm not who I used to be. I'm different. I'm different. So that's my title. If you're making notes, we've got on to title. I am not who I used to be. That's my message. I could almost finish it there because actually the songs have done the, the preaching for me. Just go and get the lyrics of You Say. Go and get the lyrics to No Longer Slaves. Sing them and sing them again. Print them on your fridge. Put them as your phone screensaver. And there you go. I am. So, so today's message is part of the series that we're doing, Standing Out. And the sort of And the reason I chose that song, You Say, is because it's about identity. I think this way, but God thinks this way. 
the world thinks this way, but I, God thinks this way. And sort of the sort of theme for today's message is sort of being comfortable being you. But what if you're not comfortable being you? What if you, like me at times, think, I'm not the same as I used to be? I wish I was somebody else. I wish I was something else. And I think there's, there's many, 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 many examples in the Bible of people that I could pull out. And I was just drawn to one, um, Jacob. Now, Jacob is great because if um, the BBC were to do a Who Do You Think You Are episode on the family of the people of God, they would have so much content. You know, if you were to go, just look at the Old Testament. So 2,000 years ago, if they had a BBC um, Who Do You Think You Are episode, and they were tracing the family lineage um, you know, we've got Joseph, we've got Jacob, we've got Isaac, we've got Abraham, we've got the people of God. We've got so much documentation, so much information about the highs and the lows, the scandals and the victories of the people, the chosen people of God. And Jacob, Jacob's grandfather was Abraham. And Jacob had many sons. He had 12 sons. And there came the 12 tribes of Israel, which is a huge part. I haven't got time to go into the history. I don't even know it that well. I'm not even going to say I'm a scholar. But (laughs) you probably know about the 12 tribes. You know about um, the significance of this family. Like we, we, We get excited about the royal family and kind of when Danny Dyer appears on Who Do You Think You Are? And they discover that his descendants are William the Conqueror. Yeah, so, you know, people that God chose to be his chosen people. Jacob was one of them. So this thought, I am not who I used to be. I kind of went down this more positive slant. We're not who we used to be. We used to be a sinner, but we are now no longer a sinner. We are forgiven. So I think we just need a little bit of a dose of who we are not. So that's my message. Three I guess you could call them reasons or three things about what you are not or three reasons that you are not who you used to be in 20 minutes. Easy, nice and easy. And as I say, we're going to finish with that song, which I thank God, which um, is, is another great song for testimony of how you met God. I met a man I didn't know. And he, I'm trying to think of the lyrics. I'm not normally good. He told me that I am not alone. (laughs) There's a gospel in a phrase, in a song lyric. I met a man who told me that I am not alone, even though I did feel alone. Anyway, we'll get onto that. That's kind of the conclusion. That's where we're heading in the next 20 minutes. So you've got a roadmap. But we've got three reasons for why I am not who I used to be, based on the story of Jacob. A A bit of background on Jacob. His name means heel grabber, because he grabbed, this is such a cool thought and such a cool scene in the Bible. Rebecca is in labor. <laughs> Maybe that isn't a cool scene. <laughs> Mummy's in labor. Eldest twin, Esau, is struggling to get out. It's like a race against time. Who's going to get out of the, ro- the womb first? <laughs> this is okay, isn't it? Steph's face is horrified. <laughs> Does it not need actions to illustrate the story? Oh. <laughs> I preach with my body, not my voice. <laughs> anyway, so I'll just do this like this. It probably helps Rachel on the camera. I'll stand still. What, what, what was I saying? So Esau came out of the womb first, but his twin brother 
grabbed his heel and tried to sort of be the firstborn, which had many blessings and, and a huge amount of significance about it. He, he, he came second, but he was a heel grabber. But there was this prophecy uh, before they were both born. Rebecca received it from God, a dream, I think it was. And God said, you're going to have two nations, two twins, two babies. They will become rivals, but it will be the younger one that becomes greater than the older one. They will both become great, but it will be the younger one. And the, the older one will serve the younger one. A significant prophecy. Um, even Jacob had this dream in Genesis 28 where God said, your descendants will, will outnumber the dust on the earth. So the significant promise. And he also said a little bit like the song, I am with you. I will be with you. So Jacob is got, has got a lot of promise in his life. But he tricked his brother Esau into trading his birthright for a bowl of stew. His brother Esau was a kind of an outdoorsy kind of bloke. And he went on a hunt and he came back so hungry that he was willing to trade his birthright, which, as I said before, was significant. He traded that for a bowl of stew. Not only that, but Jacob deceived his father Isaac on his father's deathbed. We're talking about scandal here. This is not normal respectable, good Christian boy behavior. He stole his father's and God's blessing from his brother Esau. And not only that, he pretended to be Esau. Why? When I've just said that there was a promise over his life that he would have more descendants than the dust on the earth. Why did he need more? There's something about identity and something that we can relate to. The first reason that we are not who we used to be is because I used to pretend to be someone else. I'm not that. But I used to, if you are honest with me, maybe there's been a time in your life where you've pretended to be someone else. Or if at the very least you've seen what somebody else has, car, job, clothes, whatever, respect, opportunity, and you've wanted what they have. You've wanted to be in their skin. I think I've even got that scripture, Genesis 27. We'll jump into the Bible. This is where I could have read Genesis and spent 57 minutes just reading Genesis, but I'm just going to read a few snippets from it. Verse 14, Genesis 27 Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal. Just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were in the house, and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of young goats. Then she gave Jacob delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So here's the key bit. That was just for context. Bit of background. So this bit doesn't sound random. Verse 18. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Yes, my son, Isaac answered. This is a, just, the Bible's funny. This question is so odd for a father asking their son. 
Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Which one? You know how, like, you, if you've got many children, you sort of you name a child and you kind of you eventually get to the right one after a period of time. You know, maybe that's maybe this isn't so abnormal. Anyway, he says, "Who are you, Esau, Jacob? Which, which one?" Um, Jacob replied, "It's this. Like, the Bible is has lies in it. You know, it's the Word of God, but it also has a lie. Listen to this." Jacob replied, "It's Esau." Your firstborn son. It's a, it's a cold-faced lie. Your first, I'm not who I used to be, thank God. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. I used to pretend to be someone else. In this series where we're looking at standing out, so many of us, me included, have experience of just wanting to fit in. I just want to blend into the background. I don't want to stand out. I don't want anyone to notice me. As long as I look like everybody else, I'll be fine. As long as I'm wearing the skin, even if it's hairy, and even if it just looks a bit odd, I would just be and do what other people think I should do, and I'll be okay. But we're called to stand out. We're called to be different. We are not who we used to be. Sometimes we come into church, and we just wear the mask, and I literally we're wearing masks, but we wear that kind of church mask where I will do the right things. I'll lift up my hands when I need to. I'll sit down and stand up when I need to. But actually what's going on deep within me isn't actually what is reflected on the outside. Deep down, I'm really struggling. Deep down, I'm finding life tough. We can all pretend to be a model Christian, somebody who walks into church that looks like a grade A. Church should be full of people that aren't I haven't got it all together, and that's okay. So if you haven't got it all together, you don't need to wear that mask. You don't need to pretend to be um, somebody else. You can just be you and be real. And I'd say don't just air your dirty laundry on a Sunday morning, but find somebody in your circle. Find a small group. Find a friend. Find somebody in your ministry teams. Find somebody that you sat next to right now that you've not even yet met, and they might be the person that could help you through your next crisis of faith because they do come. And the thing, even though Jacob, sorry, even though Isaac blessed the wrong son, and even though God blessed him, do you think, even though he received the firstborn son's blessing, do you think Jacob was actually blessed? Because I don't think God can actually bless the person that you pretend to be. So if you're pretending to be somebody else, you are not going to be blessed because God doesn't bless the person you're pretending to be. He can only bless you. Because it looked on the outside, because the hand had been laid on, on Jacob, and when Esau found out that his brother had stolen the blessing, he said, Father, can you take that back, please? And his father says, uh-uh, I can't take it back. What I've done, what I've said has been said. You'd think maybe he'd give him another blessing, and he does. But he can't take back what he said. So you could argue that Jacob had just been blessed. But if you know anything about Jacob's life, ask the question, was he blessed? Because as soon as his brother found out, his brother wanted him dead. So he had to run. And he ran to his uncle Laban. And for 20 years, unfairly treated, tricked, out of marrying the one that he wanted to marry. Eventually, he had to marry two women, two sisters, um, which, you know, I won't say anything about blessing there. <laughs> but he, <laughs> and, and, and 
eventually had to, he was so clever and so smart that he ended up basically effectively stealing his uncle Laban's sheep to become wealthy. He then, his uncle Laban wanted him dead, so he had to escape and run, and he was running back to his homeland. And in this process of running back to his homeland, he bumps into who else? Esau, the one that 20 years before wanted him dead. Is he blessed? <laughs> He's absolutely petrified. Absolutely petrified. So what does he do when he, he finds out that his brother's coming at him with 400 men? He's coming at him with an army of 400 men. What does he do? Well, the first thing he does is he splits his possessions so I think sometimes when we're thinking about our identity, we think about what we have. And he kind of he splits his possessions into two. So he's like, if they attack one group of my possessions and my family and all, all that I love, then at least the other, cha- the other group will get, have a second chance of maybe kind of escaping him. So kind of like sometimes we, 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 we approach our identity with, what have I got? What have I got? And then we kind of go overprotective over what we have got and who's in our life. And we rely. And what Jacob did after that, he prayed, I think. Yeah, no, he did. He did actually pray. And you think, wow, what a holy man. But the next thing he does after he's prayed is he then comes up with this scheme to bribe his brother. He then comes up with this scheme. Okay, I've, I've been successful in life. I've got a lot of gift and a lot of skill. So he starts to send this parade of like 200 female goats and cattle and all sorts of um, lavish gifts that he's going to give to his brother to soften the blow so his brother doesn't kill him. And his brother eventually does catch up with him, and you expect he's going to chop his head off, but actually they hug and embrace. And it's this wonderful picture of what God does to us, where we think we have got to earn our favor. We throw him gifts, and we throw him worship, and we throw him, I'm going to serve and beat myself up, and I'm going to do all the right things that all my good Christian brothers and sisters do. I'm going to be a good boy and be a good girl, and I'm going to do all the things that I think I should do. And like Esau, he got to his brother, hugged him, kissed him, and said, I don't even want those gifts. I don't, I don't want those gifts. I don't even want those gifts. And I think, from Harry's point of view, I think, well, are we on point two? No, we're not. This is point two. <laughs> I used to hide behind my gifts. Jacob sent his gifts on ahead. Have you ever done something similar? where you rely on your gifts and your skills. And I, I did it in a little bit in terms of, I do it with preaching sometimes. I kind of go with, go, I came out of this today with, with two sort of mindsets. I haven't done this, I don't think I've done this since May, I think. And I was sort of thinking, how is it going to go? What are people going to think? And sometimes I feel like um, a complete imposter. And then other times I feel like, actually, I can do this. People are going to listen to me. This is going to be a great message. I kind of straddle between those two points of view. Um, But when I was doing it, sometimes I think I'll be okay because I'll send my gift ahead of me um, and I'll be okay. And when I... The reason I'm hesitating, I completely forgot what I was going to say. This, This is the perfect illustration of gifting kind of letting you down. I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, so I'm going to completely move on. And the point I wanted to make, and this is great. This is a good illustration. Maybe this is why God let this happen. I am not what I do. My identity and value doesn't... So this is the the fear I had. I haven't done this in a while. I'm like, what are people going to think? There's there's pressure when you preach. It's like, are people going to like this? Are people going to, you know, even want to sit and listen to me? I'm not what I do. So often, I'll send my gift ahead. 
please, I hope it's okay. I've, I've rehearsed my notes. I've, I've, I've done what I normally do. Um, I, I'm following Rob, who was incredible last Sunday, and, and Tim was incredible the other week, and I think I'm starting to compare with other people. I'm not what I do. I'm not what I do. This isn't me. This isn't me. So if this is rubbish, you don't need to tell me. Or if this is good, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> you don't need to make me feel better because... I am not this. This is not me. God doesn't, like Esau, doesn't want your gifts. He wants you. In fact, he loves you. Knowing what you're like. He loves you knowing what you'll do next week. He loves you knowing what you have already done. I used to hide behind my gifts. I used to hide. Maybe you're in a position where you hide behind your lack of it. You think, well, I haven't got a gift. Therefore, I'm not going to be blessed by God. Therefore, I'm not anything. I'm not of any value. But you are more than your gift. It's the number one question we ask in, in life is, what do you do as your job? And we often kind of think, well... Actually, I'm unemployed, or I don't like the job I'm in, or I'm doing the dream job that I've always wanted to do. Aren't I great? Our value and our identity isn't in what we do, and that applies to church as well. So what you do in church, so you could be a worship leader or on the worship team, and you send your gift before you, because you're clearly, you're clearly gifted at playing guitar or playing drums or whatever. You send it ahead. It's like, I hope it'll be okay. But actually, do you know... Is your love for worship or is your love for the one that you're worshipping? Is your love for worship music or is it who we worship and who we sing to? You are already, like Jacob, already blessed. I'm going off my notes, sorry, Harry. I think we are on Ephesians 2. <laughs> I don't, I'm not who I used to be. <laughs> Can you forgive me? Uh, my last preach was probably way better. Go on to, on to YouTube or uh, that was, <laughs> I'm not what I do. It's a good vi- visual illustration. Ephesians 2.8. God save you. Let this verse minister to you, not me. God save you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God created you. And sometimes we think we created the jobs and we created the work, but he also created the work for you to do. So you can't take any of the credit. He's created you and he's designed you to do a job that he has designed and he he has created. Whether that be an employment job or a church role or just you as a person, God has created both sides of the coin. So let's jump back into Jacob, because that's maybe why I've got a bit distracted. I've kind of gone off notes. I've gone off. I'm going to zero back in, because you know where we're heading? We're heading to I thank God. Let's jump back into Jacob's story in, in chapter 32, 20, verse 24, because this, this is one of my favorite sections of the Bible, because it's to do with wrestling, and I'm a big fan of wrestling not actually now and actually doing it but like WWE wrestling that was a big part of my childhood but anyway verse 24 
this left Jacob all alone in the camp. Anyone else feel all alone or have done? And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he, he would not win the match, he, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the men said, let me go. The man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Remember the conversation between Isaac when he said, what is your, who are you? Are you Esau or Jacob? It's the same question. Different answer. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men. And I've won. The third thing. So the first thing was, um, <laughs> I'm not who I used to be. I used to pretend to be someone else. The second one was I used to hide behind my gifts. The third one is and was, I used to have a different name. I am not who I used to be. I used to have the name Jacob. Now I have the name Israel. The name Jacob used to... It, it, in some translation, is deceiver. He went his whole life with the reputation that he is a deceiver because that's what he did. But then he got the name Israel, which kind of is wrestles with God, struggles with God. And I just think that's a, a wonderful picture. God wants you in your feelings, in your feelings of sort of anxiety, in your feelings of dissatisfaction, in your feelings of not being the perfect Christian. He is happy with you wrestling with him. He is happy with you grappling with your faith. He is happy with you being uncertain and unsure and just... Wanting a blessing like Jacob, I'm not going to let go. And maybe that's a word for somebody today. I am not going to let go today until you bless me, God. And the blessing may not come in the way that you think it will come. God has given you a new name and a new identity. Just take Peter. He used to be Simon. God gave him a new name. Saul, Paul. Abraham, Abraham, it's, it's, it's throughout the Bible, God has given you a new name. I used to, so I've been criticizing myself on this stage live. <laughs> Ask me 15 years ago, would I be with a, 20 years ago, would I be with a microphone on a stage speaking to a group of people? I would have laughed at you in the face. My name used to be shy and small and in the background, but now my name is Preacher Ben who stands out, Ben who somehow can form words and speak to you today. I ha- used to have a different name, but, and this is where I'll finish, and perhaps, Tim, you can come up and help minister to the, the congregation with your wonderful plane and I think in a second we're going to get into that song Um, but I just wanted to because the song's quite lively and you can kind of be I just want a moment of reflection if we can just before so we can all do this because I said at the very beginning we can sing these songs and try to believe them and we can try and do and say the right things all the time but sometimes we just go back to who we used to be. I know my title is I'm not who I used to be, but sometimes the, the Jacob just comes back up. And isn't it funny that in the Bible, we don't really know of Jacob as Israel. God gave him a new name, but we still know of him as Jacob. He's, it's still the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In Moses, when, God's, when Moses says, who shall I tell them sent me? I am. And it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So why does God still 
insist on calling him Jacob, even though he's given him the new name, Israel? I actually don't know the answer to the own, my own question. But I think God is God of Jacob and Israel. I think God loves Saul and Paul. I think God believes in Simon and Peter. So whether like me you've approached this message from a point of view of, I am not who I used to be. I am a new creation. Therefore, I am loved by God. I am not who I used to be. I am not a sinner anymore. I am not the person that I was before I found Christ. Or you're approaching this message and thinking, Ooh, the last two years, I'm not the Christian I used to be. I'm not the worshiper that I used to be. I'm not the, the father I used to be. COVID and lockdown has knocked me for six. God is the God of Jacob and Israel. And I want to pray for you almost like you've got two personalities. That sometimes, and probably as Christians, most of the time you're an Israel. Every now and then your deceptive little heel-grabbing Jacob just comes to the surface. When you're tired, you're weak, you're upset. And I just want to pray for you. So should we stand to our feet? And at this point, the band can come and help us out. And we are going to thank God. I met a man I didn't know. And he told me that I am not alone. Jacob left that encounter, that resting match with God, with a limp. God dislodged his hip from his socket and there might be one or two people in the room that are walking today with a limp because you've been knocked for six by something or maybe you've been in a scrap with God you're you're wrestling with who you are and God says like that song you are loved but you're saying I'm not loved I cannot be loved I don't even love myself how can somebody else love me and and Peter who is Paul who is writing this um, in 2 Corinthians 12, this is where I'm going to finish. He's described as having this thorn in his flesh. And he says in verse 8 of, of 2 Corinthians 12, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Take away my limp. Take away my insecurity. Take away the Jacob in me. Take away the, the pain and the suffering that I'm going through. Take away how everyone in the church looks really good as a Christian, but I'm not. God, please take it away. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me.